Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And now your host, her mind is frequently preoccupied with thought experiments, Dr. Grace Lee. Hello and welcome to episode 77 on the Career Revisionist podcast. And today I am recording this podcast episode on a cloudy day outside. It is just on the brisk of winter and it's interesting because, you know, I'm in I'm based in Vancouver and usually winters are known to be rainy. And this winter somehow has been quite mild, you know, the fall leading up into the winter and it's not yet it's not quite winter solstice yet, but somehow the weather has been very mild. It's been sunny and it's been very warm, like relatively speaking, on a what's generally expected in this in this area. And it's interesting because there's a concept known as seasonal affective disorder, you know, seasonal affective disorder, SAD. And it's interesting that the acronym is SAD because what seasonal affective disorder is, is it's like how the weather affects a person's emotions and it could lead to things like depression and, and at the at the worst of it, suicidal tendencies. And seasonal affective disorder is really a thing, and it's been studied by scientists, you know, and, and behavioral experts around the world as how your environment really does influence your emotions towards things. And it's prominent in areas like Vancouver and areas like London in the UK that tend to be cloudy and tend not to have receive a lot of or long periods of sun or warm weather. And I have a different perspective of this. You know, I think that. We have, we don't have control over the weather. Absolutely, we have no control over the weather. And we have no control over anything around us either, even in our immediate environment and people that are immediately around us. A lot of things, I mean, most things in life and in this world, we actually don't have control over, right? And because of that, that's why it is so important that we choose our responses to things, including including the weather and including you know challenges and roadblocks that come along the way necessarily in your career path, that we get to choose how we respond to them and how we view them, the perspectives that we have, which form the lens through which we see the world. And really, that is one of the only things that we can control because it comes down to a decision. Right, So I'm interested in the human brain because my PhD was in neuroscience. And this is all about behavioral, behavioral neuroscience, behavioral science. There's a science behind it and become, comes coming down to how people make decisions. Right, And so I'm a firm believer that the decisions we make in our life, in our career, in our relationships, in our personal lives, when nobody's looking or when our, when a lot is at stake, no matter the, the situation or the ecosystem that we make our decisions, it all comes down, it's governed by our values, right? So if you think about it, I mean, you've heard this term many times. The word values is heard many times. And there's such a huge definition of this word, what values means. But I'm talking about a very specific type of value. And if you are aware of it, if you are interested in learning about careers and personal development, and you read a lot of books about it or articles about that, then you'll hear that more and more people are talking about values in that space. 
People always mention it, and they say something like, "Well, you got to know what your values are, or what are your highest values, you know." And then the follow-up question is, "Well, what's important to you?" And I think there's a lot of confusion around this issue of values, and I guess it's not really an issue, but it is a subject, right? It's definitely a subject, and there's a lot of confusion around that. Because people talk about values and they intermingle values with belief systems, social idealisms, attitudes, and norms. But there's not enough awareness out there, you know, that people in all cultures recognize their basic values, and most times they don't, right? Or they think that this is a value that they have. They think it's the value that they have held, and they might be proud of it, and they've made decisions according to those values. In the end, to find out that the outcome of those decisions wasn't really what they wanted. So, despite all the noise creating from that's created out there from conversations of people declaring their values, you know, something's actually holding back even the most educated or capable people from discovering fulfillment in life and career. And the thing is. Our education system does not teach you what values are and how to determine what are my values. Truly, my values, not what someone told you they should be, or not what any teacher or education system or your parents or your siblings or your friends. None of those. It's about what are values true to who you are, and the person that you're becoming along the way. Even if you haven't, if you are starting out, or if you are still living with your parents, if you are still a age a minor in in your age, you still have values. And it's not that values don't change over time; they do, but they provide stability. Values tend not to change too extremely in the course of one's lifetime. They can be formulated early, but. They're not, they're not commonly aware of. People aren't commonly aware of them early, early on. So most of the time, there's this vague idea about what values are, and as a consequence, because the idea is too vague, you know, identifying one's own value is very difficult. And it's actually surprising to me because, as a, as as guidance on value determination, it doesn't receive a lot of attention in the education system, right? That's why it's it's. It's surprising to me that they wouldn't teach that, but it's unsurprising at the same time because they don't teach that. That's why there's not enough awareness on values and guiding on how to determine one's own value. So when we think of values, we think of what's important to us, right? The question, right, right, that comes right after, "What are your values?" is usually what's important to you, and then we're stuck there, you know, without clarity of direction on how to apply that successfully to achieve the outcome that we actually want in our lives. There's no direction, and and the direction is not provided. So we usually hear about values mentioned generally in organizations, like in church. You know, you hear people mention values. Self help books always mention that. You know, what are your values? What's important to you? You know, and they are complicated. They're you know values in terms of what's important to you. What are your human values? You know, what are society's values? What are values at large? Universal values. It just becomes a very complicated discussion in philosophy manuals. You know, self help books talk about it in terms of individual to individual. You know, philosophy manuals talk about that too. There's a philosophy around values, so it's really complex. And then company websites also talk about values too. They say these are our core values, but then they express these values, and it and it appears emotionless on company websites. 
they mingle them with the company mission or their vision statement, and then these are our values. And so it appears very emotionless. So all of that combined, you know, the churches, self-help books, philosophy, philosophers, company websites, all of that is no wonder why most people have such a difficulty identifying, validating, or even expanding their values in order to create a fulfilling life. Right? That's why it's not a surprise to me. It's no wonder why there is this, if I may call it, this, this pandemic of not knowing one's values or how do you know that this is truly mine and not someone else's that they told me I should have, right? So I thought I would bring some clarity here on this podcast and talk about that subject. What are values and how does this relate to fulfillment in life and career? All right, so I'll start by defining what values are. So what are values, right? Values are ideas, principles, or standards that really guide our actions. Everyone has them. It's not an age thing. It's not about stage of life. It's not about earning capacity, earning potential, or how skilled you are, how educated you are. Those things don't matter. Everybody has values. There are ideas, our principles, our standards, and our values guide our actions. And deciding is an action. So that's why I mentioned earlier, it forms the foundation of how you decide. Because deciding is one of those actions. So values dictate the manner of our actions. And when I say manner, what do I mean by that? Manner is how you perform them. So they dictate how you perform your actions. So values are very different from beliefs. Values are different from social idealisms. And values are very different from attitudes and norms. So let me, let me pa- unpack that a little bit here. Okay, so values are different from beliefs, first of all. They're very different from beliefs. A belief is nothing more than a thought with a huge sense of certainty behind that thought. So you have a thought, it doesn't matter what you're thinking, and you really, really believe that that is true. Like you really, you're certain about it, right? You have a thought and you're certain about that thought. So that is a belief. So when we have a belief about a thing, about anything at all, then we automatically start to look at the world as if it's true, and start to create references of how that is true. Right? So this is this is one of our this is one of the human qualities. When you have such a great deal of certainty about something you're thinking about, then you look for evidence to support it. And you tend to reject evidence that does not support it, that challenges it. You tend to reject that evidence. And you create and that allows you to create references that demonstrate to other people if you were to communicate your belief on why that is true right because it's a tough pill to swallow really to prove yourself wrong so then you look for things that prove it is true and that confirm that belief so we start to look at the world as if it was true and all of our decisions and all of our actions and the manner that we carry out our actions are aligned with that belief right so that is what a belief is right so a social idealism is different social idealisms are Something that is socially acceptable. It's a way of thinking and a way of behaving that is socially acceptable, right? So it's more likely to reflect your ideas of how you should or how you ought to or have to behave rather than what you truly value most. So you might, in, if you have, if you're holding a social idealism, you might give up some 
thing that is important to you. Or you might put yourself in a situation where later on, if you perform that long enough, you might feel that you were untrue to yourself. Or you might have a feeling that, well, I kind of put myself last in that instance. And it's because it's a social idealism is actually not what you truly value most. So if you've ever been in that situation where you were a part of a group or an organization or a, 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 a sub-society within a community and they had an idealism and you went along with it, you know, you adopted it as your own and you were responsible in that, in that commitment, right? And you, were, and you were thinking and behaving in ways that were acceptable in that society, right? Over time, if it conflicted with what you truly valued most, you had this feeling of regret or a feeling that you undervalued yourself or a feeling that you know you're kicking yourself because you weren't really standing up for yourself a feeling of that nature then you know that it was a social idealism that didn't align with your values right so shoulds ought tos have tos are usually an indication of social idealisms so norms right so what about norms norms are standards or rules that tell members of a group or society how they should behave. Okay, so for example, let me give you an example. One of the norms is, it could be like, we should stand up when the national anthem is played. That is a social norm, right? Norms vary on a scale of how much we agree or disagree that people should act in a specific way. And our values affect whether we accept or reject certain norms. Right? So norms are, they don't, they don't, experience the same filter or lens that social idealisms do, right? Norms like that, if our values accept the norm, then we are likely to behave in that way. If our values reject it, then we are not likely to participate in that norm, right? So that's a norm. Attitudes are different. Attitude is your evaluation of things as either good or bad, as desirable or undesirable, right? It's your evaluation. So our attitudes evaluate all sorts of things. Our, our attitudes evaluate people, behaviors, events, or any object, whether that object is specific or abstract, where we have attitudes towards it. You can have an attitude towards a variety of things, and they vary on this sliding scale of positive or negative, right? A positive attitude to something, a negative attitude to something, and all the things in between, right? So that's your attitude, is your evaluation of it. So that's how, they different, that, that's how they're different from values. Right? Because going back to values now, your values underlie your attitudes. Right? They're the basis of all of your evaluations. So we, we evaluate people, we evaluate behaviors, events, etc. Positively, we evaluate these things positively if they promote or protect the attainment of the goals that we value. Okay, let me say that again. We will evaluate things or people positively if they either promote or protect us from getting the goals that we value right and the opposite is also true we will evaluate those things negatively if they hinder us or if they threaten us from not being able to achieve those valued goals so if we value stimulation highly this is an example now if one of our values is we like to have a lot of stimulation in life right and we do not value security like we love to have stimulation, right? Um, visual stimulation or just a lot of adventure in our life. And that's something we value. And we don't value security. Like if, that's, if that's you, if this is an example. If this is you, then you're likely to have a positive attitude towards adventures like bungee jumping, 
Because in order to to have a positive attitude towards bungee jumping, you have to value stimulation and you have to attribute very little or no importance to security, right? Because bungee jumping is not a secure thing to do, right? So it makes sense. So values underlie our attitudes. Goals are very different from values, right? I talked about goals, right? It, you, you will evaluate people positively if they promote or protect the attainment of your goals, right? But goals are different from values. Goals are concerned with the consequence of your actions since the actions we take towards our goals end with a fixed outcome, right? So goals are concerned with the consequence of our actions. Values, however, they're not, they're not particular actions or outcomes. They're about how you will approach things in a given context, right? So this distinction, I know, I mean, if you're hearing this for the first time, I can appreciate that it can be really hard to make that distinction because goals can sometimes look a lot like values, Right? Values refer to valuable goals, and the relationship between values and goals is simply about taking the extra step to turn your value into a goal. Right? So that's the relationship there. They're not the same thing, but there can be a relationship between the two. If you turn your value into a goal, it lays out a particular action towards a fixed outcome. Right? So let me give you an example again. Uh, an example of a value could be, well, I want to be honest while earning a promotion in the company. So that's a value you have. I want to be honest while I am trying to earn a promotion in this company. So you turn that value into a goal. And the goal could be, well, I'm going to attend only to activities that directly impact my KPIs this quarter. Your KPIs are your key performance indicators. So I'm only going to pay attention. I'm only going to devote my time to activities that directly impact my key performance indicators this quarter. And when you focus on that, your KPIs, then it in, it proves that you have the skills to be able to maintain and go or exceed your KPIs and therefore put yourself in a position to be promoted. So it's how that's how values become a goal, right? But and so now you might be thinking, well, that's great that I can see it now, their values and goals are different. They're also different from beliefs and attitudes and norms and social idealisms. But how do you know what your values are? And this is a struggle that I hear very often. How do I know what my values are? And I think this is my value, but how do I know for sure that this is really one of my values? And I always say, you do know, right? Because it may be to fully grasp the meaning of values in life and translate that to desirable outcomes. Right? And the good news is that, I mean, your values are already evident in your life. It's already there. The clues are there. And they're not just clues. They're like obvious clues. So here's why. It's because you will always act naturally in accordance to your values. So the simplest way to identify your values is just to simply look at the evidence of what's already true. For example, if you value self-education, and that is, and, and you value self-education as the way you learn new things, self-education, as opposed to going to school or going to college, right? You value self-educated. So you teach yourself, you um, enroll in courses online, or maybe you do a lot of reading, you invest in, in getting coaches or hiring teachers, you know what I mean? So that's like self-education, not part of this education system. So if that's what you value, and that's your primary vehicle for learning new things, because that's what you value, then you're going to spend money on courses online, and you will spend a lot of your time reading. And this is going to happen naturally, because living by any particular value is part of living well. That is what living well means, right? Living by any particular value, your values is what 
mean is what living well means. If it's your value, you will believe that following it is part of a good life for you. And that is your fulfilling life. It's creating and, des- and designing your, your fulfilling life. It's living in accordance to your values. And values are ordered by their importance relative to each other. So you can have more than one value. And maybe one value is the highest of all the other values that you have, but you can definitely have more than one value. And the highest one, the absolute number one one, one value is the order of importance relative to other values that you already have. And your values, though, are like fingerprints. They're very specific to you. And they're just the way you order them. Your, the outcomes you have in your life, what's coming true, that evidence of what's real in your life right now is evidence of the foundation, the framework, whether or not you realize it or not, of how your values are prioritized relative to one another. And this is called your ordered system of priorities, right? So your ordered system of priorities characterize you as an individual. And it's a hierarchy. So this hierarchical This hierarchical feature also distinguishes values from norms and attitudes. Norms and attitudes don't have that hierarchy, right? If you add a two, you just evaluate things and people and events. If you have norms, they're just ways that this societal society or that community dictates what is considered acceptable behavior. They don't have priorities. They just are or they aren't. So that's that's another way that values are distinguished from norms and attitude. So the relative importance of all these different values that you have, that's what guides what action that you naturally take. And if anything, and if you decided against it, or if you went against it because you weren't aware of it, you'll have this intuition about it, right? Because your values will always be influencing your action when they are relevant in the context and they are important to you. So the best way to identify your actions is to really just to look at all the action categories in which your values are divided. And it means doing an audit on how you aim to treat people, on how you aim to conduct yourself generally, on how you aim to approach things and maintain things that you already possess. So it means that you're reflecting on all of these different categories. And that's what's going to help you to discover the ideas that have been guiding your actions all along. So it's important that you do this exercise and be able to vocalize for yourself and when you are communicating to other people what you can what value you can add to their teams or to their company that you are clear to yourself and for yourself on what your values are. Because if you're not aware of your own values or if you've confused social idealisms with your own values then you will likely experience frustration and other self-depreciating emotions. So a quick rule of thumb is that if you catch yourself saying things like, well, I should, or I ought to, or I have to, it's possible that social idealisms have clouded your clarity on what really matters to you, right? And also external influences can make it difficult to achieve your career and life goals too. And external influences could come from your parents, you know, teachers, and even society itself. But I guarantee and I promise you when you become awakened to your own values and you wholeheartedly pursue the goals that express them, that's when your life will embody the kind of fulfillment you never thought was possible. So if you enjoyed this, if, if this if this resonated with you and you're listening to this right now and you're feeling, yes, this is resonating with me, it makes sense, it is feasible, then I encourage you to leave me a comment. 
go to iTunes, careerrevisions.com, leave me a comment. If you have any questions, you can drop them there as well. And please, if this is valuable to you and you know that it could be valuable to someone else you know, feel free to share this podcast, you know, give it an honest review and to just share it with people that you care about and that you know could benefit from content like this or information like this. And thank you for listening to this episode of Career Visions Podcast. And I look forward to hanging out with you in the next